This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show for your Monday. Good to be with you today. Matt and Patrick here. I got Greg Bakken joining us. Apparently, they, so there's another Loch Ness Monster study in, in Scotland. And since he's our expert ghost monster alien guy, I'm going to have him on about 435 this afternoon. But speaking of real creatures of the night, Donald Trump. <laughs> He's got more court dates, and things are not looking good for how things are going in the justice system for him. Kind enough to join us today to talk about all the latest happenings with his expanding court docket is, of course, Cliff Schechter. If you are not following Cliff Schechter and the Blue Amp channel on YouTube, you are just wrong. You need to make sure you get out there and follow that. That is, uh, it's youtube.com backslash C Schechter. I'll link all that a little bit later on. Cliff, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. You know, I, I, I once went up there and did a trip across Scotland up yeah. north near where old Nessie hangs out up in uh, Loch Ness. And I got to say, uh, first of all, um, if Nessie exists, uh, Nessie hasn't received nearly the number of indictments as Donald Trump. So there's that positive. <laughs> but, a much uh, better person than Donald Trump is the locked in. Much better. Much better human, if you will. Uh, like it, you know, I hung out there for a while. Great merch they had for you to buy, but I didn't see Nessie. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm doubtful. I'm doubtful on this. I'd like to see this new study myself. It's, but otherwise, I'm doing well, and Donald Trump's not. So that's uh, good. It's a gorgeous place. If you've never been to Loch Ness, it's it's absolutely stunningly oh, it's pretty. Yeah. And I actually got oh, on a it's boat. It's one of the most gorgeous places, I would say, and that I've been. And I did a decent amount of traveling um, when I was doing some work for the State Department and some other places, and I've never. Well, no, I shouldn't say never, but rarely been anywhere as beautiful as, as Loch Ness. It's it, incredible. It is gorgeous. I, I think that it was. I, I've got some theories on the monster, but we'll pass on that monster and get back to our own personal monster. Yeah, we have, <laughs> we have enough monsters around us that sadly are all too real uh, that we have to discuss. So. Um, Super Tuesday next year is on March 5th. The judge on Monday set March 4th. As the trial date for Donald Trump in his federal case in Washington, D.C., charging the former president with trying to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Now, this was the case he was trying to argue that he shouldn't have to go to court until 2026. And I, I take this as a sign of how well organized this case against him is by Jack Smith. Is basically the, the the judge said, well, everything's laid out here. I don't know what what you need such a long time to go over. You'll have plenty of time. You've got plenty of lawyers. You got we'll pl- give you all the way to March fourth. Yeah, do it now. exactly. So there's no <laughs> there's no urgency here. But it it is kind of one of the thing. It, it it really was a smackdown on him saying, no, we're not going to allow this to go on out there, and definitely going to impact the the election process next year. Absolutely. Look, I mean, um, I believe in, 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 you know, I'm liberal, I'm progressive, call me what you will, but I have said, long said that democracy, you know, that's my religion, that's what I believe in the strongest, and that's what's most important. And, you know, by put, if they're defending democracy, these judges, by making sure that Donald Trump can't hide around, you know, hide behind the fact that he's running for president so that he doesn't go to jail, uh, and make sure that he's treated like any other person, 
then they're then they're making sure our democracy is put first. And uh, you know, if it hurts his presidential chances, oh well. Maybe he shouldn't have he shouldn't have ninety one criminal counts against him right now and, and still counting. It it is oh, well. One thing before we even get to this trial, it, we are in very uncharted waters. If you or I were under an indictment and talked about a judge or a prosecutor or witnesses the way that Donald Trump does, we would be you and I would be in jail. That's not a question. They'd find us in contempt of court and we put us in jail or at least put an extremely yep. restrictive rules on us on this case. You have Trump. He's already out today uh, attacking the judge in Washington, D.C. I, I don't know where you go with this, but I think that. I don't think he's going to go to jail, but I could definitely see him saying, you need to stop talking publicly or else we will put you in jail. I can see that but coming. they've said that. That's the problem is he won't. Uh, you know, Donald Trump, he, he's, he's not – I mean, I don't know what to put – he's, he's mentally ill. I mean, yes. I don't say that with any disrespect to people who have challenges and whatever. His mental illness in, in the way that he is, he's criminally mentally ill, and he can't control himself. He can't stop himself. He's obsessed with. If anybody does anything to him, it's his narcissism. He must hit back. He must. So, you know, I get I get exhausted by this stuff because they're good, you know. And there's plenty of other people, sadly, drawn like a moth to a flame to this Republican Party, from Marjorie Taylor Greene to George Santos. You know, you can find Roy Moore and any number of criminals and, and other people because they see in themselves this Republican Party. So, so in the end, the way people like that have to be treated is they have to pay a major price. They can't learn. They don't have decency. So they're not going to not do something because, oh, you know, they have any decency in them. And they're not going to not do something because somebody threatens them because they've proven that the only thing that matters, the only thing that, that makes an impact is when they actually pay a real legitimate price. He's been doing this with numerous judges. They keep telling him, you better stop. He keeps doing it. I mean, somebody honestly needs to throw him in jail over, at least overnight. And let him get a little taste of what that's like. Well, or and then maybe I, he'll stop. Maybe. I, I, I don't. Then try a week next. If, uh, can I make the argument? And I understand what you're saying, and I agree with it. And I am not hold, against holding this guy accountable. My biggest concern about something like that would be that would be the match onto the gasoline pile. And that that would be that 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 things would start going really crazy in this country, that there is a lot of Republicans and right wing Trump fans out there who are, you know, just they're already screaming civil war, civil war, civil war. And I think that if you actually said, you know what, you can't threaten a prosecutor, you can't threaten a judge. We've warned you eight times. We're going to actually put you in jail for a night uh, in a country club jail still, you know, one of these places or just on house arrest or something like that. I think I'm, right. I'm very concerned at what would happen with his rabid followers who are the who, who basically are looking for a reason to start shooting people. Well, can I give my I mean, my, my counter to that would be, you know, I'm concerned about this, of course, now, later, but eventually if we want to, there to be justice, he has to be prosecuted. And it seems quite clear to me in numerous cases he's guilty. I know I'm, I'm stepping out on a limb there. <laughs> so are we going to then not not convict him because his people threaten and say if he's convicted, they'll go out and commit acts of violence? The problem is, is that we, can, you know, we can't stop his people from going out and committing acts of violence you know, unless we just say Trump could do whatever he wants, and then eventually they'll commit acts of violence anyhow when they have their next coup. You know, I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's a horrible situation to be in, but we can't, in my opinion, cannot treat him differently 
than other people because he has this, this group of thugs he threatens all of us with because he's just going to always do that. He's going to do that about everything. And we, we do believe in eventually convicting him if he's found guilty, right? Well, I'm sure the same thing. The minute a jury comes down and says he's guilty, you know, he'll be tweeting something out if he's not in handcuffs at that point, or somebody else will that, you know, calling on his followers to, you know, it's rigged, it's left wingers trying to keep him from winning the presidency. Go out and show how you support Donald Trump. I mean, we, we, you know, he's going to do that. Yeah. So that's why I, I won't bow to that kind of stuff because it's going to happen anyhow. It's terrible and it's awful, but you know, we've allowed 300 million guns to get out there in this country. We've ignored mental health systems and allowed people to join a cult. We've decided we have some extreme interpretation of the First Amendment, you know, that, that we're in other countries, the United Kingdom, Germany, places that free speech don't have and don't allow you to, 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 terroristically threat and to, you know, threat, ra- threaten racial violence against people and all sorts of other things that we let people get away with in this country. And, you know, you put all that together and you have a very dangerous situation. Um, and, and people are going to get hurt. I mean, it's just inevitable mm-hmm. because we've allowed it to get to this point. And the Republicans have but enabled it. not prosecute him. You know, because of that. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. You're, it is it just it's I'm batting down the hatches when it does happen. Uh, the, the judge, Chutkin, she she basically scolded his judge, his lawyer. He's to the point now where any legitimate lawyer doesn't want to work for Trump. And so what he's got is people who are either looking for a career in politics or a career in television. And, you know, this, you know, he already tried to do his little law and order moment. This is the lawyer, uh, John Loro. He tried to make an argument yeah. that Jack Smith had violated his oath of office. And the judge basically smacked that down and said, no, 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 you're not making speeches here. You've got to stick to facts. I'm not going to allow this to happen. So already on a bad foot with this judge who basically just said, no, we're going to go ahead with this and get ready for Super Tuesday because it's going to be a Super Monday beforehand. I, I think that it's, it, it is interesting to see that this is their strategy, that maybe this is almost an admission when I see him so reckless so early in this case that they know they have no way out on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I, I think that that's a, a very good point here. Um, but, I, I, like, again, you know, we're going to have to deal with, with uh, a whole lot of unprecedented um, situations going forward. Um, and, you know, things that he is going to try to exploit, um, other Republicans are going to try to exploit. And I think in the end, you know, the, 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 he's gonna, they're gonna keep, he's gonna keep doing it with this group of, of clownish lawyers of his, as you're pointing out. I mean, who, you know, like, was it, was it like 17 lawyers ago that he had a lawyer named Ty Cobb with a big, ridiculous mustache? Yes. I mean, when you, I mean, you thought you'd reach the point of parody there, and the guy apparently actually was related to Ty Cobb, but who would go around and refer to themselves like, would somebody go walk around and say, I'm Babe Ruth these days? If, I mean, in any case, that's for another conversation. <laughs> Point being, with some huge handlebar, ridiculous mustache, and that was like yeah, at least fifteen lawyers ago. It like was. that was actually on the more respectable end. Like we're we're, we're digging around the sewers at this point, so they're going to throw out every lie and every piece of garbage. I mean, you're right; these are these are, you know, these these are not real lawyers at this point. These are people who I mean, they had Jenna Ellis, who's been indicted, of course, as a lawyer. She's somebody who literally got fired from working in a county as a, not the head prosecutor of traffic violations, the assistant prosecutor. She wasn't doing a good enough job at that. So then she became a Trump lawyer. I mean, that's like, you know, and that was 50 lawyers ago. 
Like, we're literally at the point I'm surprised he's finding humans. You know, what was that movie? Chud, cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Remember that from yeah, the 80s? I remember that. Right, he's not searching around the sewers for, like, you know, semi-humanoid creatures and other things to represent him because there are any humans that still will uh, is amazing. But you're right. Like, they're just hoping for some kind of a sweet gig on Fox or, you know, or, you know, maybe they can run for office. Exactly. You said based on saying that, hey, uh, you know, I, I helped Donald Trump. But you know what else can happen to them, as Jenna Ellis learned and Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, they can go to prison. Yes. Is what can happen to them if they do everything Trump wants. So they may want to keep that in mind. It, it reminds me, my guess is Trump is like, you've been in the South, and everywhere you go in the South are those billboards. And so I can see Trump, hello, I'm looking for the hammer. I need you to help <laughs> me in court. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to the South, you know uh, what I mean. The hawk, the yeah. hammer, there are all these these uh, these uh, uh, personal injury lawyers, but billboards on the yeah. highway. That's where Trump's at at this point. <laughs> he, he is exactly. He's at you know, and I hate saying this because I have an affectionate love for the series, but he's in Saul Goodman territory. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, uh, although I don't even know if Saul would take this case. Quite honestly, I think I think Saul would have a higher level of ethics than that, which is saying something. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's exactly where he is, right? He's yeah. like the the what's the guy's name? Lionel Hutz in like The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's the level of lawyering we've reached at this point. I mean, I, I can't I, I just these conversations. I, I can't believe that this clownish, pathetic, gauche, just disgusting, uh, vicious, you know, cruel, stupid, I'd go on forever person was president of this country and that we're still talking about him and that we're still dealing with him being, you know, found guilty in a, you know, in, cold, in, in a civil case and called a, a rapist by a judge. Those words were used. And now, it's, you know, what, four indictments and a fifth superseding indictment and 91 counts. I mean, you know, how do we get to this place? It's, um, it is, and then still, you know, you look at these Republican primaries, like 60 percent of Republicans support him. Yeah. These are people that like would have been, you know, down with Jim Jones. You know, uh -huh. drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, turning to the other one, the other cases going on, the one down in Georgia, Mark Meadows right now is was in court today, actually took the stand, and a lot of people are surprised by this because he basically threw Trump under the bus by saying, I was taking orders from Trump as the uh, chief of staff. So, you know, that's the case. Trying to get this case out of Fulton County in Georgia and into the federal court system, they think they have a better chance there. He's got two real big problems with that. One is this wasn't the White House calling Georgia. This was the Trump campaign calling Georgia, which right. the, even the judge was like, well, why were you working with the with the Trump campaign? Isn't that not what your job duties are? And he tried to make an argument. It was. Then came the question. We don't believe in the Hatch Act. <laughs> we, we violated that thing so many times. Yeah. I mean, there's another example, by the way, of what happens when you don't punish people for breaking the law. But go ahead. Well, the, the other thing that he got in trouble for was, you know, or at least kind of raised some eyebrows with, was when, when they, he knew he was on a call with lawyers who were not White House staff. When they asked him who else was on the call, his, he, did, he did the Marjorie Taylor Greene, I don't recall. Well, that's not going to help your case. Just you, you not recalling who was on the case doesn't mean those people are on the call, doesn't mean those people weren't on the call. And so, I, I mean, as once again, and also the charges here are specific to Georgia under RICO law involving the Georgia election in the Georgia electoral votes and the, the vote count in Georgia. I just, I would be shocked if this court, this case ends up anywhere else but Fulton County. 
I would too. I mean, again, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't. If from what I've read, it, they don't seem to have any arguments. Throw something up against the wall, as you point out. It wasn't conducting official duties of the White House. It was the campaign. If anything, he was breaking a, a law in Washington on top of the law he was breaking in Georgia. And you know, I mean, uh, it's interesting what you point about about them. You know, throwing Trump under the bus because to me, the only thing I could think of here that made some sense. I mean, I guess. They want to get it moved because they're scared that Fulton County has too many non-white people. Ah. You know, and they know that basically, if you're if you're you have to be white and on top of that, stupid to support Donald Trump. So that that there may not be enough of those around Fulton County for them. Um, but the only other reason I could think of is because, of course, the the one key thing about this is if a Republican president, whether it were Trump or God help us, any of this other crew of clowns, DeSantis or you know. Nikki Haley or Ramaswamy or whoever, you know, they they could, if it's a federal case, they could pardon. Uh, and, and they can issue pardons to the whole thing. State case, they cannot. They do not have that right in the Constitution. So it's as important as anything else to keep it a state case to ensure that they're not pardoned by uh, a Republican president. Although, frankly, if there is another Republican president elected this election, it will have much bigger problems. <laughs> I agree with you. And and I think it, it, as well, it's, it's just what they have done so much of it, trying to shop for a more friendly jury. But once again, this is a state case. You can't basically, you know, rob a convenience store in, in Atlanta and then argue, well, I'm a federal employee. So this was under the federal thing. I have to go to federal court. They're not going to do that. That's not how it works. I mean, they, they had a case here in Minnesota where they had one of Biden's people at the, the, the airport with something. And he was, you know, they, they were trying to move it there. And it was, you know, obviously it's interesting jurisdiction, but he was trying to, the argument he was making is I'm federal employee. This doesn't matter. Well, it kind of does. And you can't just, you know, use this as a, as a crutch whenever you want to get out of something. No, that, that is exactly right. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that is obviously exactly right. Well, so, I, I mean, they will because <laughs> they'll, they'll do anything. <laughs> You know, these are people that have proven long ago that shame to be a foreign concept. So I, I expect them to try anything and everything to try to move. But your 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 you know metaphor there was exactly on. I mean, sorry, you were you were you were breaking the law. You know, you were calling the Secretary of State of Georgia and trying to break the law there. So. Good luck. Yes. Uh, do you have enough time for one more question? I know you got, you got a little bit of time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. I've got time you know, until at least till four thirty. Beautiful. Whenever you have to kick me off. Oh God, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you all the time if I can. Well, you've got ads. Well, yeah, 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 those things. Yes. All right. Uh, one thing that you and I have talked about with Trump, and this is why he's toxic for the Republican Party, is the money that he raises does not go to anyone else but Trump. And then most of the money doesn't even go to his campaign. It just goes to him paying off lawyers, stuff like that. Off the mugshot. The, the bail bondsman. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's got, he made $7 million apparently off of his mugshot. And there are some people who are like, well, you know, boy, it, that's a bad thing. The reality is I look at that and I cackle because let's face it, you and I know who's sending him that money. That's not a people that have a, an endless pot of money to give to politics. So that $7 million, the vast majority of it, is off the table for the GOP come this election. And the more that Trump keeps going out there for this money grab, that's less money for the GOP nationwide to be work, using their campaigns uh, next, next year. And I, and I got to imagine that's going to create a huge problem for the Republicans. 
Yeah, and he's doing that constantly, right? Yeah. I mean, seven million for this for the mugshot, but I mean, ten million here, twenty million. He's using anything he can. Anytime he gets indicted, he raises money off of that. Um, and no, there's not. You're right. This isn't the the, the big guys. This isn't, this isn't the corrupt billionaires here. These are people who give, are giving you know small donations online, and Trump is grifting off of them and living his life off of them, and, and you know, and ripping them off. And he'll keep doing it. And that's the thing. And that, that, again, they made a deal with the devil a long time ago, and they had numerous chances to step off the train and sort of take some kind of beating at that time because Trump had obviously popularity in the Republican Party. But they just let him keep going and keep going and keep solidifying it more and more, keep turning it more and more into his party. Whatever they would have gone through in 2017, it was worse in 2019. It was worse in 2021. It's worse now, but they just, they're such cowards. You know, the, the, even the ones that, who have a lot to say after they leave office when they could have done something, but didn't do a damn thing when they were there, you know? And, I mean, they've, they've let it get to this point. So he, they can't stop. I mean, he's going to keep raising money from the people they need money from. He's going to keep running. My guess is, is that if somehow he weren't to get the Republican nomination, um, he would refuse to endorse any of the Republicans, right, and yeah. say it should be him and take down the party with him, um, which, wonderful, if he'd like to do that. You know, I'd like to be there to help him. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's always has been and always will be about him. He's not about the party. He was pro-choice in the past. He believed in, like, an assault weapons ban. He doesn't believe in any of this stuff. I mean, he's truly a racist, horrid human being. That part is true. But on political issues... There are no issues he cares about, except for that he doesn't have to pay taxes. And he, frankly, does that by breaking the law anyhow. There are rules that he should pay. So, again, they they let this creature in, and they let him expand and expand and expand. And now, you know, they're all stuck. I mean, it's just pathetic even watching most of these guys who, who they're losing to a guy. And campaign 101 is, if you're losing, you have to attack the person ahead of you and pointing out why you would be better. But instead, they keep attacking everybody that prosecutes Trump and whatever, because they, they're scared to, to attack Trump. And so, again, it just it, they, the, the thought that they could ever win any of those voters when they refuse to attack the guy the voters are supporting, I mean, it makes no sense. Yeah. It's basic politics. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, let them, let them drown in it. They, they created this monster, and they chose to you know, embolden him and enable him and, and support him after January 6th and all the other horrors he committed. You know, let, let them all go down with him. Well, and I also think one thing you just said there, which is so spot on, is Trump is not going to send an endorsement to anyone else because that means his money goes to someone else. And at the end of the day, this has all been just one of the biggest grifts of all time. He has been about just taking as much money as he can, jamming it in his pockets. And right now, because he's caught on all this stuff, he's trying desperately to win just so he could pardon himself or try to at least legally pardon himself. But the reality is, is that that's... This is all he's right. about right now. I mean, it, it, it really, he doesn't want to help anyone else to get the money. So you're right. He's not going to help anyone else. It's the money. It's the ego. Do you think he could accept somebody else leading nope. the quote unquote MAGA movement and not being him anymore? He can't accept that. He'd rather see a Democrat win. Yep. You know, he will undermine all of these people. He will attack them as he's already doing with DeSantis, you know, and, and they earned it. By, by all the fealty they've paid to this horrid creature, they've earned every bit of it. Yep. So choke on it.
Uh, one last, I'll give you a chance. Uh, your Yankees are not doing great. Um, no, they're they're not. Your Reds are kind of mediocre. They're kind of correcting the ship a little bit, and they still well, got a chance. But yeah, there's still excitement there, man. Ellie De La Cruz is still in, and McLean and yeah. some of these guys are incredible. It'll be interesting. I mean, look, they're still close to the Cubs. Were they a game out or something? They could win the the wild card, and they're just that kind of team that they got hot. You know, in the playoffs, crazy stuff. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but at least they're a lot of fun. The Yankees, you know, that's a longer show sometime about the failures of, of everything right up to, through the, the the manager, general manager, owner, and what a pathetic organization it's become. But we can talk about that some other time. Well, I just I, We had the Texans in town. You remember our, our, our Rangers, the Texas Rangers in town? And, and you remember when we were thinking it was going to be Rangers-Braves? That the Texas bullpen is falling apart so bad they lost by walking in the winning run in the 13th inning yesterday the guy couldn't hit the zone it was it was bob euchre stuff i i don't think i think the rangers are in big trouble i don't think they're going to make the play they, right. they, they might make they it. bolstered they bolstered all these other areas that they are where they were already strong you yep. know doing the trade starting pitching offense those weren't problems yep. they need more bullpen help and they don't seem to have gotten that so you may be right about that i just I can't stand the thought of Houston winning again. So, oh, no. I mean, I'll root for Texas. I'll root for anybody <laughs> as long as they stop Houston. Blue, so, you know, and then that. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the Blue Amp YouTube channel. I got to get you out of here. Blue Amp YouTube yeah. channel, Cliff Schechter, youtube.com backslash C Schechter. I'll link to all this. If you're not following him on YouTube, you need to be. He's fantastic there. Cliff, my show is better when you're on it, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Well, I think I'm a better man when I'm on your show. And I don't know what that says because I'm not that, you know, whether I'm that great a man to begin with. But you know what? Seriously, you're awesome, and thank you for having me on. My absolute pleasure. Cliff Schechter, let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Billboard, baby, do a leap and make them dance when it come on. Everybody looking for a dance floor to run on. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. Once again, Cliff Schechter, outstanding. Greg Bakken coming up here a little bit later on in the 4 o'clock hour. Patrick, how was uh, your weekend? Did I hear you correct and say you were at the State Fair yesterday? Yes, I was at the State Fair yesterday. It was actually a very good time. Uh, met up with uh, with Robert and uh, his new producer, Haley, who I had not met. But unexpectedly, I met Ogama, uh, Ogama. who used to help out with uh, Native Roots Radio. Had not ever met her in person. Did not know she was there until I found out from Robert. So that was exciting because I had not met her in person. Ogama is one of the absolute... She's, first of all, a fantastic news person. She is wonderful. Uh, and and she's absolutely one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Uh, Ogama is uh, uh, Ikwe is, is is one of the, the the just absolute gems I've ever met in this business, and I, I'm just I, I root for her all the time. So fantastic and good good on uh, pilot. Uh, there there uh, if you want to see Robert, are they set up at their usual spot there, right off to the uh, right when you come in by the grandstand? Yep, yep. Uh, you just kind of loop in. It's uh, trying to think of what that. You go past the blue barn yeah. and you take. A right past the uh, that it, Heritage Museum. It, yeah, the there. Heritage Square. That's Heritage Square, I believe. Is yeah. that, that thing up there. So there you go. So you can go up there and find Robert Pilot and crew there. I'll be stop. I'm going there Friday. What'd you have to eat? Would would, would you try any of the new stuff? Uh, the I did try the new chicken dumplings um, okay. that we talked about. If you probably guys probably don't remember a few weeks back, but I do. There, there were these new chicken dumplings that's at the Midtown Market. Stall in, okay. the, in the International Bazaar. 
They're only going to be there for a couple more days because they're they're splitting that space between two different. If you don't know what the global market is, it's a collection of different vendors. So you've got one vendor in there now. They're going to get swapped out for a different vendor from that from that group on Lake Street. So if you want to try those chicken dumplings, you got to get over there in the next couple of days. But I thought they were pretty good. It was a sort of a South Asian style chicken oh, dumpling yeah. with a tomato sauce. It, I thought it was pretty good. Oh. If you're wondering where this is, this is by the Lining Kugel stage, right? Yep. It's right over there. I know exactly because the Union Kitchen's over there where they have those delicious sausages where I am stopping. I'm coming to get them, man. I'm coming to get you. That's happening on Friday for me. Uh, but no, so it, it, but you did like that. That the, the chicken dumplings were tasty. Yeah. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I just kind of stuck with some old favorites. I didn't really... Uh, didn't really venture too far into the into the new stuff, but I'm going to make a second trip, and I think there are going to be some different things I'll mix in. All right. I'm going to do the fried green tomato sandwich. I'm going to do the the pastry with sweet corn, which, come on, that almost looks like common sense. I get Those are both over at the, the Farmer's Union booth. And then I'm going to, what I've decided is I, there is one that it's been mixed reviews, some people have said it's one of the best things at the fair. Some people have said it's not. Um, I'm going to try that Irish butter, burnt butter ice cream that they have that they that, that put out there because I I do love Irish butter and it's it's wonderful. So and it sounds healthy. I mean, it just does sound healthy uh, when you think about it. Yum, yum. I'm going to try those. But of course, I'm going to gorge myself with Prano pups and euros and 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 everything else. It just it's it's what I do. It's what I, am I going to have fries? Yeah. Am I going to have fried pickle chips? Yeah. Am I going to take a nap? Probably somewhere on, I'm going to find a bench somewhere and I'm napping. I'm going to just look for me. Definitely look for one in the shade if you can get one. <laughs> if you can get one. Um, uh, did not, had a pretty good opening. More The attendance every day has been more than last year. Fridays broke the record. That was the biggest fir- first Friday at the fair ever. Saturday, I was hearing from people that it was insane how busy it was on Saturday, that it was packed to the gills. Um, that wasn't the biggest Saturday. It was a dramatic increase over the amount of people at the fair, 212,000. It was about 10,000 short of the record for that day, the first Saturday. But, you know, obviously, you know, we're back, baby. Yesterday was kind of a lighter day. Uh, comparatively, still more than the year before, but uh, you know, not even kind of close to the the record for that day. Um, well, it'd be interesting to see these days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week. These are usually some of the lighter days. We'll have to see how they go. Is it senior day? Seniors day is over there on uh, on Tuesday, right? I think. I couldn't say for sure. I think it is. So usually that's a pretty busy day too. So head out, enjoy yourself. If you find something good, let us know. You can always just email us at, at comment at am nine fifty radio dot com. If you try something there. So I got a few things with kiddos. I've got to kind of clear up some stories here with the kiddos. First of all, was a story this morning that I posted, and I'm going to read to you the the, the tweet as I wrote this and and put this out there this morning, because I've had a few people ask me to kind of clarify a little bit, and I'll, I'm, I have no problem doing so. This is a story from Axios is saying, tracking kindergarten vaccine exemptions in Minnesota. And I said, if my kid got a serious preventable illness from a sick kid in school who wasn't vaccinated and we accumulated thousands in hospital bills due to preventable illness, dang right I would want the unvaccinated kid's parents to pay for it. Now, I'll get back to that here because I, it, I, I want to elaborate a little bit more on that. But thousands of Minnesota kindergartners will likely enter school this fall without vaccines meant to protect themselves and their peers from illness. 
uh, an estimated 3.7% of kindergartners across the state were granted exemptions or required vaccine for, to required vaccines as the school year ended in 2022, compared to 1.6 in 2012, said Alex Fitzpatrick in, um, in, in, in Keva uh, Bregali's uh, report. Uh, the vaccinations reduced the spread of childhood illnesses, some potentially fatal, that once plagued the country, such as polio. Studies have found an increased risk of infection from vaccine-preventable diseases amongst the exempt children. Some public health officials have expressed concern that heightened vaccine hesitancy costs post-COVID, combined with families falling behind on preventive care during the pandemic, could exasperate the years-long uptake in kids uh, skipping important shots. The overall percentage of six-year-olds who are up-to-date on recommended immunizations has also dropped slightly since 2019 from 72% to 71% per data from the Minnesota Department of Health. The cohort's 89.90, 89% vaccination rate for measles, mumps, and rubella is among the lowest in the nation, though. While the vast majority of kids do have their shots, a few percentage points can actually make a significant difference. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back here and, and talk about this. Um, it blows my mind that there are people out there right now. That I get, we, we live in a technology and chemical heavy world for goodness sakes we have forever chemicals showing up in everything bits of plastic are even in fish in the freaking arctic at this point you can't go into a a lake that doesn't have some sort of chemicals in it you can't go down you can't breathe the air without breathing in some kind of smoke particulate or some a pollutant particulate you've got those things and that's just the stuff that's the bad stuff we have stuff that we use all the time i mean deodorant toothpaste hair hair gels Stuff like this. None of this stuff has been used on human beings for an extended period of time, like 20, 30 years. Most of it, I shouldn't say, has. We, we, we're not sure what the long-term effects of some of this stuff is. So there's a lot of reasons why you could question why that some kids get sick and stuff like this and why there are some issues. But it seems to me a few people who just wanted to seem smarter than everyone else vilified vaccines. And if you want to understand the level of privilege we have today is that you don't understand. Go to a freaking cemetery from the 1890s. Go. Of the 14 kids the parents had, three of them survived past the age of 10. Go. My my own family, my uh, my would be my great great uncle, died of of scarlet fever. He was he was a kid of the town doctor at that point. You go to you go to the south for goodness sakes. You go through some of those cemeteries, and it's you know three year old dead, six year old dead. You know died of pneumonia, died of flu, died of died of of mumps, and measles, and chickenpox, and, and smallpox, and all sorts of freaking things. Kids just didn't survive. The reason why we had almost eradicated some of these things was because we all got vaccinated. Because there were still people running around that remembered what it was like to have classmates die of these diseases. But now, we're so much smarter than everyone else. And you, you get people that don't want to get vaccinated. Now, I don't have any problem with two groups of people. If you, if for some reason you have a legitimate health problem where the kid can't get vaccinated and there are some kids out there, I feel sorry for you all night. Obviously you should not have to get for, you know, there should be no forced vaccination on you in that case because it could kill you. 
Also, frankly, there are some actual legitimate religious sects who basically believe that vaccines are bad. Okay, no problem. Have no problem with either one of you. But by doing this, you create a standard which you are taking a risk. And my experience has been for the last 10 years, having raised three kids, has been there's this other group who just want to seem counterculture or I read something on a blog online and so they're trying to be avant-garde and we're not going to get these. No, we're going to have measles parties and every kid's going to get measles and, and then we'll be immune forever. You have, we've had cases, I remember a few years back, we had a case where someone with, was it, was it uh, smallpox, I think it was, uh, or chickenpox, rather, chickenpox, went to Disneyland, Disneyland in Los Angeles. Intentionally. There are a lot of people that do understand if for whatever reason, whether it's a religious reason or a health reason, that if their kid can't be vaccinated, the safest thing for them is either to find a specialty school or to homeschool their kid. And, you know, all my best. Good luck with all that. It's the selfish ones, the ones that don't want to get vaccinated because of their blog post reading that basically say, I don't care. I'm going to put my kid in the public school system. So there. And what they don't seem to understand is and their, their argument is, well, your kid's vaccinated, so my kid's fine. So they're basically banking on your you being responsible so they can be irresponsible, which is not how vaccines work. There's a good, decent chance you won't get, you know, and with the MMR, mumps, measles, or uh, rubella, you're not going to get that, that with that, that you know, vaccine. But if you have a kid who's a walking freaking Petri dish going through the classroom, even with the vaccine, it doesn't mean you're not going to get it. And that's my point I was making with this story. If I was to have a kid and all of a sudden my kid's got mumps, how does my kid have mumps? And there was some self-righteous jackass of a parent who sat there and said, my kid's not vaccinated. And we went to a mumps party and I didn't realize they had mumps, but there was a decent chance that they had them. So I took them to school anyway. So sorry, your kid got sick, but vaccines are evil. And so here's my kid now sick with a disease that we almost had gotten rid of. Until stupid people started thinking, I'm smarter than them, all those doctors and scientists. Ugh, I have zero tolerance for this. And so what I think we should do is that if you want to be like this, that's fine. There comes a level of personal responsibility that you need to attain to. You need to basically follow. And that means that if you are not going to get vaccinated for the safety of your own kid, for the safety of your family, for the safety of everyone else, that you have to limit the amount of exposure your child has with other people. And if you knowingly took a kid who has a serious disease a disease that used to kill thousands of people a year. That if your kid got sick with it, they would ship them off to a freaking hospital and you might see them again before they, if they didn't die. You knowingly send your kid to school with a disease and other kids get sick. 
I think the law should be that that parent then becomes responsible for the medical costs of their sick kid being around the other sick kids. And of, of course, these people who, who, who try to push this was like, well, you can't say for sure if we got it. It's, it's pretty obvious if the kid with the mumps was running around the school and everyone else gets mumps, where the mumps came from. And frankly, I'll take my risk in civil court. And, fr- and, and I'm dead serious. If that, I ever found that out, that it, there was a parent who did not have their kid vaccinated, who knew their kid was sick with a serious disease, and they dropped them off at school because, heaven forbid, they can't go to work that day, or heaven forbid, they, don't, they get their social media posting time infringed on and subjected other people's kids to a serious disease that could possibly kill them. I, there should be charges against the person let alone sue them into the freaking Stone Age. If that's how they feel about vaccines, we'll uh, take you back to the time before you even knew what they were. Because I'll tell you what, I, I, you want to have that personal choice? Fine. But then understand that you are making a personal choice. Don't expect the rest of us to pick up the slack for you. Lead by example. That's what I was saying when I said that. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Craziness up in Brainerd with a book. I'll get to that here in a second. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Like I said, you want to have that choice? Fine. Then live with the consequences of that choice. Isn't that exactly what we want with COVID? Is that, oh, I don't want to get vaccinated. I don't wear a mask. Okay, well, then stay home. Well, no, I got to go have my chicken wings at the bar. Why, the, why do the rest of us have to be suffering because you're stupid? I, I don't understand that. And it's, it was the, you know, this is how selfish of, selfish of a society we've gotten is that we have too many people that just don't care about what's going on out there. And, and that's, that's unfortunate. Um, between that and the self-righteous judgment, uh, since June, Brainerd community members have been highlighting excerpts from a book allegedly available in the middle school library from a former challenge, and a formal challenge is underway for Empire of Storms by Sarah Moss. Members of the Brainerd School District Committee are reading a fantasy novel about a teenage assassin ahead of September's meeting to determine its fate in the school library. The ad hoc committee met Friday, August 18th, in the first time to learn more about its objective reviewing a book some parents believe should not have no place in a school library. Community members are in support of the challenge, said, and by the way, can I, I want to just look at It's Empire of Storms by Sarah Moss. Empire of, if you're looking for it yourself, I mean, where you can find it, I mean, I imagine it's available at all good book services and the public library. So Empire of Storms by Sarah J. Moss. That's the book they're condemning. (laughs) There you go. The ad hoc committee met their base community members in support of the challenge, said they're appalled, appalled, I said, by certain excerpts of Empire of Storms charging that these sexual scenes depicted are too graphic for young readers. The excerpts from the material, which they, and by the way, every one of these kids probably watches Euphoria. All right, I'm just going to say it. Let's just call it what it is. Do they, okay, I, when, I, when I hear this, it's, it's, it's to a point, the stupidity of focusing on one thing, it's, I, I don't know what you're doing. Do they have a phone? Do you know what's online? Lots and lots of porn. I mean, there it's tons of porn on this everywhere you go. 
Well, there's some right now. Impressive. I didn't know people could do that. <laughs> and if you think, well, the kids aren't looking at that. Yeah. That's why they have Snapchat. For God's sakes. And I joke about, you know, I, I kind of said a joke about euphoria, but I guarantee you if they're in junior high, they're watching euphoria. And if you watched euphoria, you know, you could easily just tell your kid, hey, don't get this book from the library and scene. But the fact that all of a sudden you're out, you act as if your kids aren't subjected to this stuff everywhere. And I get it. Oh, well, I'm going to get this under control by going after one book, a book they'll probably be able to get in their public library. Ugh. The excerpts from the book are, are horrible, they say. Uh, the complaint by Shirley Yeager, a retired school librarian, shame on her, by the way, charges the book is available at the Fosterview Middle School, but the Brainerd Dispatch reported Empire Storms was only available at the Brainerd High School Library. Still, So so basically, they've made up a reality that this book is available at this middle school. And, well, no, it's actually only available at the high school. But still, what is your problem, you uptight twits? Still, the challenge remains to remove the title from the Brainerd School from all Brainerd School libraries. How dare you read books? Oh, when was the last time we had people screaming about book burnings? Hmm. Okay. I think these books are attempting to normalize what I call rough sex. Oh. Hey, Shirley, if you want to see some rough sex, let me find tons of uh, websites for you here. I mean, if you just type it into a search engine, boy, oh boy. Now, I would advise you. Yeah, well, never mind. Um, I personally don't believe the children should think drawing blood on your partner is a normal part of sexual intercourse. I, you know, I could agree, but at the same time, once again, what have you seen, what your kids are looking at, what the kids are looking at online? The author of these books, Sarah Moss has at least 11 different titles in the forest view library. said the Jaeger board of Brainerd school boards meeting empire storms is rated for ages 14 and up by the children's book review. But Moss's titles have been challenged before the American Library Association placed a court of mist and fury uh, of of, uh, at number 10 on the most challenged books in the 2022 list. Other challenged books have surfaced for materials of the Brainerd School District since a July vote to uphold the district's current book review policy. Um, there are some parents that are kind of you know speaking out about this. Community members brought, uh, brought Empire Storms and other titles believed unavailable at the Forest View Middle School to the bo- board's attention in June with a likely public comment period during the July board meeting. But once again, they aren't available in the middle school. So why this didn't end at that point, I don't know. I frankly believe the topic is a complete waste of your time. There's already a process in place to keep mature books out of kids' hands, said Jessica Maladay, a parent of the Brainerd School students and former teacher. Honestly, if our true motivation here is caring about children, then we would be focusing on the approximately 50% of the kids in the district who are not proficient in reading. Hence, they can't read the mature book. She said at the July meeting, heaven forbid you deal that. No, the fact that half the kids in the school district couldn't read the book if they even could get it is not the problem. It's the fact that the book is available. Well, not in the school we say it is, but still. Yeah, a joke. Hour two up next. 
AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, hour number two of the show here on your Monday. Good to be with you today. Uh, got uh, Greg Bakken joining us a little bit later on to talk Loch Ness Monster stuff. Uh, Jeff is in Cambridge. Let's get him on really quick here before we get into some other things. Welcome on in, Jeff. Yeah, uh, so I was at the fair on Friday, saw the chicks, and then the food to have there is loaded lobster fries. It's new. It's at Cafe Carib, which is like across the street from the fire tower to DNR building? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is fantastic. Big chunks of lobster, a cheese sauce that they probably need paddles in the back room for, and, oh, it was great. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Can I ask you? I'm going to put you on the spot as a food critic here really quick. Is the cheese okay. is the cheese sauce so overwhelming you can't taste the lobster? No. 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 All a, little right. on the salt, a little on the salty side, but... You know, it's state fair food. What do you expect? <laughs> Salty side? Isn't that a prerequisite? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. I heard also from multiple people that the Chicks concert was just unbelievable. Uh, it was absolutely outstanding. So thank you for the update on that. I might have to try the lobster. Because sometimes I don't like it when you go get something and it overwhelms the taste of the lobster. I mean, you're paying for lobsters there. Um, I just heard the, the, the Joe the Plumber. The guy that was Joe the Plumber um, has died. Sam Wurzelbacher. Uh, he was the guy that got into Barack Obama's face and asked a question about it. He was, he was getting ready to buy a, a, his own business, his own plumbing business. And this is back in 2008. I'm going to buy my own ple- you know, business and I'm going to get ruined because of the taxes because I'm going to make $250,000 a year. Why is this fair? And now, first of all, I want to make sure you understand, once you get to $250,000 a year, funny story, as the wealthier you get in this country, the, there's generally because of the tax code and the loopholes that you can create, you pay actually less taxes. So him acting like, I'm going to have nobody after this was kind of a joke anyway. But Barack Obama engaged him and they talked about him. And this was their, this was the John McCain ace in the hole during that campaign. And, of course, he was here, Joe the Plumber, Joe the Plumber, Joe the Plumber. He became a bit of a folk hero there for them. He appeared on the stage. A lot of people still today, and I'm one of them, feel he was actually a Republican plant that was put there specifically. And the reason why is this. Uh, Funny story. He wasn't a plumber who was getting ready to buy a business and join the $250,000 tax bracket. No. He, uh, He learned he was not a licensed plumber at all. Funny story, he wasn't a li- licensed plumber. He would work in Toledo only for someone with a master's license or outlying areas, and he owed actually $1,200 in back taxes. So his entire story was a made-up lie. It was. Gosh, you Republicans. Even worse, he ran uh, a campaign uh, in Ohio in the 9th Congressional District against Marcy Captor. Uh, it was the Democratic incumbent. He got destroyed, 73 to 23. During the campaign, he released a video defending the Second Amendment and blaming gun control as having helped enable the Ottoman Empire to commit genocide against Armenians in the early 20th century in Nazi Germany, care of the Holocaust, uh, saying gun laws had stripped the victims in both cases. He then again, defending the right to bear arms, wrote to the parents of victims of mass shooting. Now, I want to make sure you understand exactly what this guy did, what Joe the plumber did. He wrote a letter to the parents of victims of a mass shooting in California near the campus of University of California, Santa Barbara, saying, as harsh as this sounds, 
your dead kids don't trump my constitutional rights. Wow. Wow. Uh, apparently, he died of pancreatic cancer. That's a horrible way to go. That really is. That's a real horrible way for him to go. Painful. Complications from pancreatic cancer. I I I I, I gotta imagine he wasn't part of Barack Obama's uh, the Affordable Care Act. I can't imagine the guy who hated Barack Obama at any point took advantage of any government help or assistance on his treatment for pancreatic cancer, as he basically made up an entire lie about his life and then accused parents of victims of a mass shooter that too bad. My got my guns. <laughs> but hey, he'll be missed, won't he? I mean, boy, I mean, I got a for such a swell fellow there. Pancreatic cancer, you don't say. Well, okay. It would be interesting to find out if he actually took advantage of the Affordable Care Act, considering how much he apparently hated Obama. His wife insists he wasn't a plant by the Republican Party, but considering how quickly he was up on stage with Republican politicians, uh, McCain and Palin, that election cycle, I think it kind of was. Hey, by the way, Barack Obama won two terms. Won twice. He's a pretty good president, too. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. So, uh, I'm going to... I want to bring up... Uh, the police shooting, this is actually a state trooper shooting of Ricky Cobb out on I-94. We talked about this. Ricky Cobb was asking why he was, you know, they wanted him to step out of the car. He was asking, why do I need to step out of the car? They weren't giving him an answer. They basically were telling him to get out of the car. Then they forcibly tried to remove him from the car, pulling guns. And as he started to drive away, they murdered him in the streets. They put rounds into his gut. And then, by the way, if you haven't seen them, stay with us, guy. Stay with us. Yeah, well, he probably would stay with you if you hadn't put three bullets into him. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of what happened there. And a lot of Republicans, and I call them Republicans because they are the Republicans, who always are running apology detail for the, um, for the police, came out there saying, that was a good kill. That was a good, do you know, he could have, let me tell you all the stuff he could have done. He didn't do, he didn't do any of these things, but he could have done all these, he could have had a nuclear bomb in that car. He could have wiped out the entire city. Thank God they killed him. He could have dragged a cop 20 miles. He would all just been, there would have been nothing left of him. (laughs) Thank God they killed him and he didn't do that. But he could have. He sees, I can do that too. I can't do any of them on the air because I'll get violate the FCC violations, especially regarding Republicans. But you see, as I can do that, too. I can make up mythical crimes people do. Well, actually, I don't need to do that with Republicans. Most of the time, they'll actually admit to them. But yeah, that was their argument. That as as tra- they've got their crocodile tears out there. As tragic as the loss of this life is, it's better we shot him and killed him than could have what could have happened with Ricky Cobb. That was their whole argument. Minneapolis police officer was injured when he was dragged by a suspect during a traffic stop. Oh, okay. Well, I'm presuming that this inc- this this individual is dead now. I'm presuming that's the case. Oh, wait, no. Police are now searching for Presley Aaron Peltier, who's on the run after an incident that left an officer with non-life-threatening injuries. 
At around 3.30 p.m., Minneapolis Police Department officers were called to a report of a stolen vehicle with a man slumped over in the driver's seat, the 3600 block of 42nd Street East. According to a preliminary information from the department, officers approached the vehicle. He told the driver he was under arrest. The driver then began to struggle with the officers. Now, at this point, if we're going to go with the standard that the right-wing pro-cops people say... Three bullets should have been put in this guy and case closed, right? Because that was a good, he could, do you know what this guy could have done? He could have had napalm and sprayed down five childcare facilities. <gasps> Aren't you caring about the children? Uh, he didn't have that stuff, but I'm just going with what the policy seems to be for police officers in the city when it comes to an individual who's in a vehicle that they want to get out when they start to struggle. Isn't that the time you shoot them? Or or was that what was Ricky Cobb unnecessary? Because it's one of the two. If you consider Ricky Cobb, what happened to Ricky Cobb, justifiable, good police work, that's how it's done. And these police officers didn't kill the individual. Then did they fail at their job? Because unless they failed at their job, if you say they did a good job, then what you're saying is Ricky Cobb should still be alive. You see, you can't have it both ways. You just can't. You can't on one side say, well, Ricky Cobb deserved to die. And this guy, well, you know, he got away, but it was still good police work. Well, then, then the shooting of Ricky Cobb was bad police work then because there's a dead person. And I know, but Matt, these are two wildly different stories. Actually, they are because in this case where the guy is alive who escaped, basically, he actually sounds like he tried to do more damage to the police. Let me, let me run through this here. So the officers are struggling with this guy in the vehicle. The vehicle then accelerates forward. So, and if you haven't seen the Ricky Cobb footage, basically when the car starts moving, the two officers fall out of the vehicle. They do a little bit of barrel roll. They might have a little road rash, but that's all that happened to him. Meanwhile, Ricky Cobb's got three bullets in him and he's dying fairly quickly. Stay with me, man. Stay, keep breathing. You know, geez. I, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so... They accelerated forward. Once again, at this point, no one shoots the driver when the officers was partially trapped inside the driver's door. Now, this is one of the hypotheticals that the far-right pro-police people put forward to justify. This is why you shoot these guys. What happens if a police officer is trapped inside the open driver's door? Case closed, guys. Shot. No, actually, no. They did not shoot him. He was dragged for a short distance. I mean, once again, this is the hypothetical they use to justify killing Ricky Cobb. This is not a hypothetical in this case. This guy wasn't shot. Then the officer was dragged a short distance before the driver struck a support pillar of a nearby structure. All right. The suspect then reversed. But the officer was able to get out of the way. So, okay, wait a second here. So not only did this person drag this person down the street, dragging them. I, once again, a hypothetical in the Ricky Cobb case, which justified the shooting of Ricky Cobb. In this case, and once again, I know that's troopers, Minneapolis police still. I'm going to call this out. But here you have the officer who this guy is now officially using the web, the vehicle as a weapon. And I will say, I will raise my hand. 
if at that point this guy is gunning the vehicle in reverse at the officer, if the officer opened fire, that is that is legit. That's legit. Funny story, they didn't open fire on the guy. Now, once again, this isn't this isn't the hypotheticals that they use to justify shooting Ricky Cobb three times. This is actually what happened in this case. Officer was dragged. Officer was targeted. The vehicle was a weapon. And yet, the, the driver wasn't shot. The suspect then fled. Officers began pursuit, but they ended up losing sight of the vehicle. The injured officer actually took himself to Hennepin County Medical Center. I can't thank the officers and this department enough for their tireless efforts and service to the residents. I'm grateful that our officer was not more seriously injured this afternoon, said MPT Chief Brian O'Hara in a statement. I am going to presume, and I'm going to say this, and I've said this before, I, I get what Brian O'Hara is trying to do here. And I think he's trying to fix these problems. And I don't know if the difference here is that he has put a new standard in here that you just don't start wildly firing guns, you know, hoping you hit someone. But needless to say, I, it does not escape me that, you know, in this case, in the case with Peltier, that I'm not necessarily feeling like it's, I mean, it's unfortunate the guy got away. Hopefully they find the guy, but I'd rather have that than three rounds in a person as the same officers who just shot him scream, stay with me, man. Because that's kind of pretty freaking hypocritical, if you can be on if I can be honest with you. Now, once again, Ricky Cobb's black. Now, the individual, the pictures you have here that of, of this individual, of Presley Aaron Peltier, show a much fairer skinned individual than black. I've had people say to me, well, he's Native American. That doesn't escape the fact that the black guy is dead. And you can, and by the way, can I bring up the point? It's like, wow, you're, you know, we let the, is your argument they let the Native American go? So give it up, Matt. All right. So they killed the a black guy. Come on. You even sound more racist when you say it like that. Well, come on, Matt. They didn't kill the Native American. Well, that's good. I'm glad they didn't. Why did they kill the black guy then? Because the black guy was ju- the justification for killing Ricky Cobb was all these hypothetical things that Peltier actually did do. And yet he doesn't have three rounds in him and an officer standing over him going, stay with me, man. It would seem to me that if they had the same mentality they had towards Peltier, towards Ricky Cobb, that guess what? At worst, they'd have to track down Ricky Cobb in another day, like they're going to have to track down Peltier. But don't look at me and act as if, because it's your call. You're the ones that said the killing of Ricky Cobb was a good police kill. Well, then either they failed horribly in this case, or if you're okay, if it's good police work that they didn't kill the individual, then you're basically admitting you're just okay with the police killing black people. And that's just that. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. The Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 
950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Greg Bakken going to join us. We're going to talk Loch Ness Monster. Plus his show, which is great. If you're not listening to his show, 10 o'clock weeknights right here on AM 950. Great stuff there from Greg Bakken. Uh, so I want to bring up, I, I, there is a story here, and, and I'm kind of interested in how the narrative of this story is going. This is the story, if you didn't see, about the three kids who were towed. Uh, they were in a car that was illegally parked or allegedly illegally parked. Um, I'm not sure how much evidence we have to that, but needless to say, the tow truck driver said it was illegally parked. So he came out, towed the vehicle. Now, if you don't know, I believe it's illegal for a tow truck company to tow a vehicle if there's anything alive in the vehicle. Humans, dogs, cats, they can't do that. You can give them a ticket then, but you can't tow the vehicle. It's against the law to tow a vehicle with anything alive in the vehicle. I believe that's the law. So they they pull in. They're, they're, there's these kids. There were three children under the age of five were found Sunday under blankets in the backseat of a vehicle that had been towed to a downtown Minneapolis parking lot. The towing company pulled the vehicle from a private parking lot near the intersection of North 3rd and North 1st Avenue because it was illegally parked and took it to the 4,000 block of Washington Avenue North, according to the Minneapolis police statement. That's the location of Corky's Towing. The social media post from North Minneapolis Crime Watch said that staff at Corky's found the children. The person who answered the phone on Corky's Sunday declined to comment. Police were notified at 3.12 a.m. According to the statement, the mother had called the towing company to find her children and vehicle and met with police at the towing company lot. The children were evaluated by emergency medical staff, returned to the mother's care, according to the police. Hennepin County Child Protective Services was notified. A police report was filed in the case. Now, I'm not here to say that people, you know, illegally parking is a good thing. No, it's not okay. I don't, you know, I'm not sure of the situation there. There is this argument that seems to be made that somehow some way well the kids were hiding under a blanket <laughs> what's the tow truck driver to do well okay first of all i i want to i i'm a little concerned about where we're going with this because this argument that the onus is somehow on the kids and not the tow truck company who, once again, it's not clear whether the tow truck driver looked into the vehicle. Now, I'm going to give you just a very basic hypothetical situation. And you tell me how outlandish this sounds. Mom pulls a car and says, okay, I'm going to be illegally parked here, but I got to run into this building and do something. Kids, you stay here in the car. Done. Tow truck driver. Now, I'm going to guess this was on Saturday night. Was it? Is it Saturday night? Uh, yeah, it was It was Saturday night, early Sunday morning. That was called. So if this is a private parking lot down in that area, I'm going to probably guess the parking lot themselves more than likely did not call this in. So this was probably one of these tow companies that's got a contract or basically, I mean, it's a bit of a free-for-all. They see a vehicle, they tow it, and they'll be done with it. They'll make the argument, oh, well, it, it's, it's, you know, I saw it there. I know it wasn't supposed to be there, so I towed it. Guy hooks up the car, doesn't even look in the car, doesn't even look in the car, says, hey, free money. Puts the tow truck into position, lifts the car up. If I am three kids in the back seat and all of a sudden mom's not there and the car is starting to move upwards, what are you going to do? You're going to hide. 
You're scared. So they then put themselves underneath the blanket to hide because there's some evil man out here that's doing something. And that's where they stayed, stayed hidden underneath the blanket until mom came and got them. Because the argument, I'm not going to buy the argument that the guy looked in the vehicle. And plus the fact that I'm sorry, I've had three kids, even three young kids, even if they're an infant, they're pretty, they've got some size to them. You're telling three kids were in the backseat of the car and you didn't see, you had no inclination. How thick was this freaking blanket? A foot and a half? No, of course not. He didn't look in the car. That's my guess is he didn't look in the car. He just put the tow truck on there. The kids got scared. They hid under the blanket. But it's what's interesting is to see how the narrative is, well, it's those damn kids. How dare they be sleeping in their own car under a blanket? They should have let the stranger know exactly, hey, stranger, I'm four. I'm in the car. Is my scenario that outlandish? Not at all. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put money. That's probably exactly what happened. The kids were in the backseat of the car. All of a sudden, here comes some guy, pulls up with a tow truck, quickly starts putting the car under the tow truck. They're looking, oh my gosh, we're moving. We better better hide because they're scared for their lives. And so they hide under the tow truck. And at no point did the tow truck company, when they got the tow truck, the vehicle there, did Corky's look and see if there was anyone in the car. Because I have a hard time believing that you would see a blanket lying against a car with three large lumps under it, and you wouldn't say, maybe I should check to see if this is legit. So don't do that. Don't do that. I, 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 I don't know what happened here I, I, in regards. I've got some suspicions of what's really going on here. But there is a full court press right now to make this, this poor tow truck driver, what were they supposed to do? I don't know. Check the car. If they had a suspicion, don't tow it. You could have police meet you there and basically give them a ticket. But my guess is, is he never once looked in the car. The kids got scared. They hid. And that's that. And that's what happened. I... I stop vilifying the kids. And hey, you want to criticize the mom for parking legally? Fine. But it's 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday night. How many, I mean, how many of those spaces were being used anyway? And yeah. And, and I'm not, this is, this is, like I said, this is just, I'm not talking about why the car was there. I'm not talking about what the, what was going on. Was it a quick trip into a building? Was the, was the parent out doing something they shouldn't have been doing? I don't know. All I know is a tow truck is supposed to look in the vehicle to make sure there's no kids in there. And I don't get the impression that this guy looked in the vehicle. I'm glad the kids are okay. And the fact that the, the parents met the, the mom, uh, met the, the police there leads me to believe that this was not something nefarious, that this was a mistake, but the mistake was made by the tow truck driver not the kids who are basically scared to death because the vehicle they were in was being taken. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. I hope the kids are okay. Uh, we'll take a break. Come on back. Greg Bakken joins us. we got to talk Loch Ness Monster. It's the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950. AM 
AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Some people are out at Loch Ness in Scotland, and as the headline, they've got, uh uh-oh, unexplained footage, and they say they heard some bizarre sounds. Well, if it's large lake monsters I want to talk about, there's only one guy I can think of bringing on in. Greg Bakken hosts Ghost Box Radio, 10 o'clock weeknights right here on AM 950. It's exceptional. Uh, I was listening to his show this weekend as well. Good stuff. He's kind enough to join us today to talk the Loch Ness Monster. Hi, Greg. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How's the show going? The show is going really well. It's a lot of fun to do. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about it when I was getting ready for talking with you and I was thinking about how, uh, you know, I just think about stuff I want to find out more about in this field that I've put so much time and effort into. And I just reach out to people and I ask them if they want to come on the show so I can learn about it as well. And it's like, can't be better than that. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's, it, you, you tell me something I don't know. I love doing this job, man. I get to talk to who, right? the people I want to talk to. It's fantastic. You, of course, we talk ghosts with you. We've talked yep. aliens with you. Where, where where are you at on the monster catalog? I mean, there's there's this country has, you know, local legends and myths of of area monsters that have existed for long times. Native Americans have them. Of course, there's Bigfoot, Sasquatch, and we have. I mean, we have in in Champ in, in Lake Champlain. There's supposedly a monster. The Loch Ness monster is the most you know popular one, probably net worldwide of of that kind of creature. What is your thoughts on the monster category of of things going on out there? I, I just like to think that if I don't see it myself, it doesn't mean they don't exist. Uh, you know, like it's there. There's you know, there's a lot of places for animals to hide on this planet, and there's a lot of dense population and and whatnot. And I think that well, and back in June, back in early June, I saw something that turned a lot of our heads that we thought that was a Bigfoot uh, in Kentucky. So there is there is a lot of room, I think, for that. That being said, I think the one that is the flimsiest for me to believe is actually the Loch Ness Monster. Now, the lake monsters, uh, someone made this point. This is about probably 20, 25 years ago. I read an article. He said, if you notice, when these or these monster stories began, most of the lakes that these monsters live on were areas where they weren't getting a lot of tourism. And like Lake Champlain or, or Loch Ness, which have you have you have you ever been up to Loch Ness? Oh yeah, I have. I've been out to Oban and Inverness, and mm. just right over to uh, Loch Ness. And and no, I did not see a, a monster there. When I, <laughs> I was, I've been there too. It's gorgeous. It is a stunningly yep. beautiful place. It really is amazing. And it's this really kind of weird lake because I probably in most of it, it's no wider than Bademacaska, in a lot of places. No. And it just but it goes down incredibly deep. It does, and so like the the width of of uh, Loch Ness at its most is about a mile and a half wide, and the length of Loch Ness that you go from the start to the begin end to beginning to the end of Loch Ness is roughly about twenty two miles. So I mean, there's a lot of room in there, but for something to have been seen since I think it's like. Uh, 565 AD or something that they first had the first sighting of this thing. That's a long time for anything to live. Well, and and it, you also, okay, so let's talk specifically Loch Ness Monster. If yeah. there is a monster in there, 
it clearly cannot be an air breather like a dolphin or a whale. It has to have gills. It has to be living at yep. a deep level. And it also has to have a substantial amount of food at very low depths, which is not something that Locke has. I mean, that's one of the problems they've had with with this is that, okay, for an animal of this size, it would need to have eating be eating about this much food. And we're talking over generations and generations. And just yep. the deeper you get into that lake, because a lot of the bottom of that lake is peat moss and stuff, it it's not really conducive to a a, a large, you know, you know, feeding population of fish. A lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of fish that would be needed to sustain a creature of that size. I would agree, and I'd also throw in there it would also need a mate yes. because there's there is no way that this is a fifteen hundred year old sea monster. I mean, I know that my job is to believe that anything is possible, but this is where credibility really runs out for me. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people that need a mate, but I mean, this is this is kind of we were talking generations and hundreds of years. It's kind of one of those things where you you you, you, you clearly you would have to have a breeding pair of existence, which then and you not and I both know when an animal goes extinct on the planet, usually it is down to like two and they can have a breeding pair, but that's it. You, you've gotten to yep. a point where the, 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 the species is going to die. So in reality, what are we talking? 10 or so of these things would have to be down there for them to have existed for hundreds of years without, without a, a break in the lineage. About in varied size as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it, yeah, no, it, the whole thing is it's, it's, you know, in a, in a, in a unique sense, it's a romanticized, thought of what can exist out in Scotland, but I, until I see, uh, you know, someone find one, uh, my my thought is this one, not so much. You know, when you bring up, when was the first uh, sighting, supposedly, of a monster back then? I, 565 AD. 565. You want to know the truth is, I'll give more credence to that, even though yeah. we're talking about locals that just don't they they don't know half the, the the botany and the zoology of the area as it is. I'll give more credence to that back then than I do today because back then they're not looking at tourism, they're not looking at celebrity, they're not looking at this. They're just scared by something. Versus today, where I mean, it, you know, it is a little bit of a trek to go from Inverness over to Loch Ness, and it, it's a little bit of a trek to get up to Inverness. You're going into northern Scotland. It's not near Glasgow or Edinburgh. You have to actually intend go there and so you know I, I I think a lot of people it's a very feasible thing you put out a cute little story like this and you see if you can get some tourism and if you've been there you've seen it as well that that lake is dotted with these these Loch Ness monster tours museums totally. all that stuff I mean it is a money maker for them it is but you know there's I've, I've known of people not personally but I've watched people who set up campers and stuff and they don't visit they live out there and you're telling me all the, like you said all of those tourist traps all the people who are living out there hundreds of people this last weekend looking for something and yet after 1500 years we don't have any conclusive evidence one way or the other i think that that to me, that tells me quite the tale. They also shoot themselves in the foot quite a bit here. We heard some fantastic, bizarre sounds on Friday, said Alan McKenna from Loch Ness Exploration on Sunday. The Loch Ness Center in Inverness, Scotland, described the sounds as four or five distinctive noises on Facebook. 
but the noises were not captured on audio as the recording equipment was not plugged in. I mean, okay, the call's coming from inside your own house at this point. Uh, it's, you know, great. <laughs> so describe what it is. Yeah, no, I, it just, they, they, if there was something there, especially in this day and age, I mean, when I was there, I was there in the 90s, and so people still took cameras out yep. there. But yep. we've had 10 years of everyone carrying a phone camera with them at all times. Where's that photo? I mean, at, it's ludicrous at this point in my mind, with it especially being a bit touristy, that there isn't more than just a, well, you know, we, we saw a wave on the lock. Well, I, I see waves out on Lake Minnetonka. I'm not saying it's a monster, for goodness sakes. <laughs> Right, right. Well, and, 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 you know, even the most famous of the Loch Ness Monster pictures, the one that they call the Surgeon's Photograph uh, from 1934, it's the black and white one with looks like its head sticking out of the water. If you ever watched In Search Of, that's always yeah. like at the beginning of every episode. That was deemed uh, a hoax a couple of years or a year or so ago, which is like my favorite picture. That was what kept me hanging my hat on this. But what it seems to be it was like an eel like the tail of an eel or something and it's like well once that once that was disproven i'm like i'm out of here i this doesn't <laughs> this doesn't do it for me well i i will go we'll, we'll come back to the states here champ on lake champlain you know once again it's 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 I, well i haven't have you has there been any sightings of champ lately i mean there were a few in the 80s but that it seems like you know that, that people haven't really paid attention to that one anymore no, no, and and you know also like Peppy, the the like Peppin sea monster, <laughs> you know that that's another one that you know people say I've seen waves or they have the great stories, but then you know they're all stories. No one, it's always funny how everyone is. All these researchers are documenting. That's what they do. They document, except like with the audio. When it comes time to actually, <laughs> this is your moment to shine. Oh, I left the camera in the car. Oh, I forgot to plug in the who? How do you forget to plug in the audio? I don't understand. What shouldn't that always be plugged in the moment that you leave? I don't know. I, I maybe I'm doing this wrong. Well, I'm going to guess Pepin and Champlain got gentrified. I mean, that property is valuable. <laughs> you're, you're looking at you know millionaires flying in from the from the from the metro areas to try to get into their big cabins that that kind of takes care of those myths as alone so uh, right. so, uh chupacabra uh is another one that's out there um I, you know it, it's not exactly a, a sparsely populated border there's a lot of things out there that's where they see it. it's the mexico u.s border on the south is la chupacabra um any any thoughts on that one you know, I mean, once again, unless we don't ever really see it, I mean, I, I always wonder, these things always start off by just one person who sees like a dog that might have looked a little mangy, just a little bit disheveled, and suddenly stories go out of control. If there are chupacabras <laughs> out there, then then fine. I would love to be proven wrong. You know, at least with the with the Bigfoot stuff, we, we have a lot of stuff around it that I really feel comfortable being like, I am very open to, to it. Plus I, I believe I saw one. So, I mean, I'm, I'm much more in that boat. The other, these other cryptoids, because uh, it's part of uh, cryptozoology is the, the area that the, these all belong in. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're fine, but it's the, there isn't a lot to go on in a lot of these cases. So it's really tough to, for me to, to extend I don't want to ever say I don't believe because that's not my place to do so. But 
unless you have something to show me, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to really think too much about it then. I think the funny, you, 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 they see the dog from the movie Coco, and they also <laughs> like, oh, the chupacabra. Okay, but, well, okay, I'm going to go back to Bigfoot because here's, okay, so one of the things we can talk about with Loch Ness is it's a way to create tourism, and it clearly has in this case. Um, there, I, I've read a few things. I, I'm a, I'm a little less, uh, you know, skeptical about the Bigfoots and what they call the large ape family. I mean, one of the first stories that you saw on it was someone was climbing up in the Himalayas and they came across these huge abominable snowman tracks. And the first thing, you know, you kind of look at is like, okay, so you're saying you hauled up these fake footprints all the way up to the top of the mountain? No, of course you didn't. And it negates the idea of you're trying to create a tourist trap because you're not going to create a tourist trap at the top of one of the the Himalayan mountains. So it, there is some things there and they've, they've said that, you know, there are monkeys, you know, the monkey species and large monkeys and large apes. The idea that this could possibly be out there, I mean, there was at one point large beavers, large bears, large lions. I mean, this is something that there stuff like this existed. And the fact that there has been a lot of people that have said it, I'm not necessarily negating the idea of Sasquatch or, uh, you know, the abominable snowman out in the, the Himalayas or anything like that. But I think a lot of the times what happens is it's more it's more valid to me when the sighting is somewhere where they're not trying to create a tourism thing. It's just out in the middle of nowhere, and it's like, okay, this is weird. No, absolutely. And I think the, um, the you know, not to, not to promote my own show or anything, but By all means, I- promote your own show. It's a great show. <laughs> 10 o'clock weeknights. It's Greg Bakken and Ghost Box Radio. I just did it for you. There you are. I appreciate it. Last, last week we had... A gentleman on by the name of M.K. Davis, and I don't know if you've ever seen or remember this uh, Bigfoot film that was taken in 1967 called the Patterson-Gimlin film. It is the most uh, the the most recognized film of this creature that's just walking out pr- pretty much in the open in a clearing in a mountainous area that uh, two people caught on film, and you look at that film. And you look, you, you show it, you, I mean, it's now been cleaned up, it's 4K, people are really looking at it, and they're looking at the muscle structure, like even in the thighs and whatnot, this is not a costume that, this, that, is, that someone is wearing. This is some kind of animal. They were able to get a clear look at, it, at her face, they, just, they, they were able to figure out it's a female. And you look at this, and to me, there is no doubt in my mind this is not a hoax. This is something else. And it's, you know, that to me, that to me works. Loch Ness Monster, not so much so. Well, and by the way, the avatar on pretty much every one of my social media pages is a screen right. grab from that video. That is, uh, that is. <laughs> but that actually goes, you want to hear a funny story? I'm at the gym. This is about 12 years ago. And this woman is apparently flirting with me. And she sees I have a lot of arm hair. And she goes, aren't you the sexy Sasquatch? And I said, really? Hot Bigfoot. That's where you're going with this. Okay. All right. Uh, (laughs) Thanks anyway, though. Uh, Good good, good luck with your your desires in life. Uh, But, you know, I, 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 I think that there are sometimes... I will say this. When I hear of Sasquatch... In, in and I'm not saying I'm. This is not going into Kentucky, Florida, uh, Boston. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those things. If I hear it there, it's like there's a lot of people there. And once again, we're back to the camera stuff. If it's northern Minnesota, if it's the the, the Rocky Mountains, which are expansive and sparsely populated, Canada is you know wild wide swaths of sparsely populated areas. 
I can very easily buy there are there are species of multiple creatures that we don't know of. I wouldn't be surprised if there was an unknown cat species up in these areas because there's so many area there. It it does it wouldn't surprise me. So I, I think that that's what gives it validity to me a little bit more than say the Loch Ness monster is that there is that there are plenty of places that they're not trying to bring tourists in that this thing could be walking around in. No, but I, and I would agree with that very much. So in fact, I sent you uh, a photo and I'm going to send you another photo. Not that this is great for radio. Okay. You're the only one that's going to be able to see it, but it's, it's uh, when we were in Kentucky, uh, we, we, we came across what's a, uh, kind of a looks like a nest but it's actually like a warning thing yeah so that's like that's from the film the most clear picture we got from that patterson gimlin not we but the 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 uh restore i'm by the way i'm showing this up on the live stream feed you can see the picture there of the the, this is the updated cleaned up version of that film and i mean that's not a mask that someone's wearing but then I sent you a picture of not the not the nest, but it's like a warning for other uh, beings in that area. And you can see these trees are just uh, bent, and they create a structure. And I'm showing this as well up on the video screen. No, and that's that's something I have seen. Not only you saw it in Kentucky. That's something that the the Native Americans have talked about up in in Canada, where they'll yeah. find these massive trees that have been bent to the ground. But it's not following a wind pattern in any capacity. I mean, sometimes that happens. Wind will knock a tree down, but usually knocks multiple trees down. These trees are coming in from all these different angles, and there doesn't seem to be an explanation for that. So that there, there is something there. I, I, yeah. I, I, all right. So I think we've solved some problems here. And nothing against the fine folks. Go see Loch Ness. It's gorgeous, and the, and the single malt scotch is 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 amazing. Uh, avoid the haggis, but you know you'll have a good time. It's beautiful, but I I think we 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 have kind of you forgot to plug in the audio. You say okay, all right. Yeah, maybe next time you'll remember it. I don't know. I mean, it's... Uh, what do you have on your show coming up tonight? Uh, we have uh, Joe Frankie. He is somebody who has uh, investigated with Ed and Lorraine Warren. Uh, for those who don't know who those two are, uh, the Conjuring films are mm-hmm. based off of them. So we got that, and we got uh, just a we got just really a, a good week full of uh, wonderful people. And then we also have next week uh, Cindy Kaza is going to be on. She is uh, on one of the TV shows, uh, The Dead Files. And so we were really excited that we just got her. We just got that confirmed literally a couple minutes ago. So okay. we're just we're just turning away over here. You got to promise me something uh, before before Halloween. You and I gotta uh, you're gonna have to haul me out to a haunted house, uh, and I'll be the judge. I'll be Johnny skeptical here. I'll come on in. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's let's maybe try to find it in the North Loop. We can go get some of that pizza down there. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, so like we'll kind of time it up with the dinner thing. Uh, Greg Bakken, uh, Coast Box Radio, ten o'clock weeknights. If you're not listening, it's a great lineup. We have Rick Smith, then Greg, then of course we have Patty Vasquez. Make sure you're listening every weeknight right here. Greg, thank you very much. I appreciate your expertise, my friend. Thank you very much. Good talking to you. Good chatting with you, Greg Bakken. Fantastic show. And you know what? He's he's phenomenal. You even just heard him. It's like okay, this is a little bit of reach. That's what I like about the guy. He he's 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 honest and he'll evaluate. I like him. If you're not listening, listen. It's great stuff. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Uh, we'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil show right here on AM nine fifty.
AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. So I don't know, Patrick, have, I mean, do you, do you pay much attention to the, you know, the, when, when you get the Bigfoot stuff or anything like that in the monsters, cryptozoology, as, as uh, Greg was talking about, do you pay attention to any of that stuff when it comes on? I'm kind of more interested in the people who pursue those sort of things more than the, uh, the object of their interest, I guess you could say. <laughs> There was the picture that always has stood with me that I said, I can't, that doesn't make any sense, is the abominable snowman one. This was up in the Himalayas, and it was, you know, you know, a, a guy being up there, and there is just a, it's a trail of footprints that goes up. I mean, it goes up like a thousand feet. So there's no way on the planet someone went up there, staged all this, got back without anyone, you know, without hitting another step, you know what I mean? Because all it was was their steps up. And he says that the, the, the Sherpas that were there with him said, oh, yeah, the, this, there are creatures that live up in here, these mountains. They come down, they get food, and they go back up. And that's what they do. And, and by the way, is that that's nothing different than there's, there's a lot of creatures that do that will kind of live part of their lives, you know, in, you know, the whales go down, they, they eat shark or a squid down deep. That's what they do. They kind of dive down there. And, and there's no way on the planet the guy would have hauled two big foot paddles up that hill. But there was no way on the planet anyone could have done those footprints and walked them back without any, it was just a perfect set of st- things going up into the mountains. And, I looked at that and I said, okay, now that's because you're not trying to get people to go tourism up in the top of the freaking Himalayas. So that was one that stuck with, stuck with me that I said, you know, I need someone to explain that one to me because that one, that one seems legit. Now, one argument that I've heard some people make that I have bought into pretty well is with all the devices that we now have and imaging and you know that sort of stuff, and we've never actually just inadvertently caught any of these things. That kind of raises some questions. Well, and, and, and well, they have some people that have caught some of that film. Well, obviously, that's that's stuff that will you know, it's just not consistent. That's why that's why something like the Loch Ness monster to me. There's tourists all over that place. How where's that footage? But middle of northern Canada, I don't know. Bakken show ten o'clock tonight. We are back tomorrow. Till then, see ya.